Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. We're here with Dr. Ann Schott to talk about clinical trials, in particular around understanding early stage and investigator-initiated trials. Let's meet Dr. Schott. She's a medical oncologist in the Breast Oncology Program and the Comprehensive Cancer Center's Associate Director of Clinical Research. Her clinical trial expertise includes being the Deputy Chair of SWAG, a national clinical trial organization funded by the National Cancer Institute, and her research is focused on the development of new breast cancer treatments through clinical trials. Welcome, Anne. People hear about clinical trials, but don't always know what exactly that is. Could you give us a little background on clinical trials? Sure. Um, Clinical trials are basically research studies that involve people. In a trial, an intervention is made to affect a medical outcome. So that intervention could be something like administering a drug or doing some sort of medical procedure, or it could be something like providing a means to support a person to lose weight or feel less anxious. The main thing is that there's a question being posed, and the trial is designed to answer that question. What kind of questions might those be asking? Well, in the case of an individual with cancer, um, you might be asking the question of what is the chance that this new drug will cause the tumor to shrink? That would be a sort of a classic oncology question. Um, or in patients who have early stage cancer, you might look at some combination of treatments, surgery, radiation, drugs, and ask not about the tumor shrinking, but about whether or not it reduces the number of people who relapse. Um, or in the case of someone who's a survivor of cancer and is having side effects from their cancer treatment, you might ask about means to reduce those side effects effects and improve their quality of life. So it sounds like uh, there's a lot of reasons why um, clinical trials are important, but why would I, if I'm a cancer patient, why would I want to consider um, a clinical trial? Well, a clinical trial treatment might provide you with access to a new treatment that's not available to people outside of the trial, and it might have direct benefit for your condition. But you would need to realize that the new treatment may not be better than or even as good as the standard treatment. In some cases, a trial may not benefit you directly, but could provide information that would improve treatment for future patients. That would be the case in the type of trial that gives half the patients the usual treatment and the other half the new treatment, for example. You could be assigned to the usual treatment. So you might want to join to join a trial either to get access to a new treatment or to contribute to knowledge that could improve the health of other patients with a similar condition to yours. The people in clinical trials who choose to enroll are followed very closely, and I would dare say their situation is examined more closely than patients getting standard of care. And just this close observation and attention to detail may improve the care of patients on clinical trials compared to standard treatment. So can I get the same uh, kind of clinical trial um, at another cancer institute as I would at the University of Michigan? Or um, where, where where do I seek these different trials? So sometimes the answer is yes, you can get the same trial at a different institution and sometimes no. 
because some trials are run at multiple centers at the same time. For example, the clinical trials group that I vice chair, SWAG, it's a national clinical trials organization, and its trials are open at thousands of sites across the U.S. and Canada. But some trials are only opened at a few or even sometimes only one center at a time. University of Michigan, as a comprehensive cancer center, prides itself on developing and testing new cancer treatments for patients. And in the earliest trial phases, the U of M Cancer Center may be the only place that the trial is open. So really, it depends, and you need to ask the uh, investigator that question if you're being approached to participate. So you just mentioned um, that it kind of depends on, um, you know, early phase, and if it's uh, started here, that this might be the only place. So can you maybe explain a little bit more about what you mean by early phase trials, and and um, and are there different phases? Yeah, so... Trials have classic definitions of phases, so that phase one trials sometimes are the trials where it's the first time a drug has been used in a human, for example, But or there are other phase one trials where maybe the two drugs are, have existed, but they've never been used in combination. So in the phase one trial, you're really looking at safety and dose as two of the main questions that are being answered. That's not to say you're not also looking at effectiveness, but the the trials are really designed to answer that dose and safety question. These early phases of trials are where we learn the most about what is the appropriate dose and where we start to get information about which conditions that treatment might be most effective for. Um, But it's, it's rare for an early phase trial, such a phase one trial, to change the standard of care because the FDA requires larger confirmatory studies before approving the drug or the drug combination for widespread use. Um, But I will say in the cases of really rare diseases or, or a brand new drug that has an extraordinary response, we have seen a few instances where a phase one trial led to accelerated drug approval. So um, is it, common for places to be offering these phase one trials? Um, like, you know, the every does every cancer center offer phase one trials? Um, or it can all be found at certain, certain kind of cancer centers? If phase one trials take a, a certain level of expertise that is usually only available at, at large cancer centers or sometimes specialized groups that um, really focus just on doing phase one trials. Um, many phase one trials are actually coming from industry. So it's really the industry that's sponsoring the trial and, and you may be joining in. And we do those here because we, um, we are very interested in bringing the newest treatments to our patients. But we're even more excited about the phase one trials that aren't industry sponsored, but they're actually um, homegrown research here at our institution, maybe with a brand new drug or maybe actually using an older drug in a new way that nobody ever thought of before based on the laboratory research that we've done here. I think I've seen things about that um, recently where there's sometimes some of these heart medicines have been able to um, be effective treatments in certain cancers as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a a real win in many ways. First of all, the drug safety is well known. Um, 
the expense is much less, especially if it's an older drug and you can repurpose it for a cancer indication. That's a, that's a real win if you can find something like that that works in a new indication. So um, we talked about some of the early phase in the stage, uh, phase one trials, uh, you know, here and in other places. So how are these uh, early trials changing treatment options? Well, I think that some early phase trials aren't able to change at that stage the um, available treatments across the U.S. because they need further confirmatory studies in order to move it forward to to a regular indication. Um, So, for example, if we have a a brand new drug um, developed here at Michigan and we're in a phase one trial, trying to work out the best dose and the best schedule. At the end of that phase one, we'll know a lot about safety, side effects, dose, and schedule. But we then need to take it to a larger study and just in certain kinds of cancer to understand, well, is this, a, is this a drug or a combination that works in breast cancer and what kind, or is it better for colon cancer? So it's really that second and third phases of trials, the phase two and phase three trials, where you collect enough information on, on, on the effectiveness of that drug and how it compares to standard treatments, and that's what really changes practice. And so if, if a trial starts off as a, as a phase one, does it uh, typically, if uh, things seem to be moving in the right direction, that it typically uh, moves to a phase two, does it stay here? Does it move to maybe another um, cancer center or um, area? Or how, how does the, that work um, either here at other cancer centers, the movement of phases as treatments go? Well, along with the phase, there's actually an increase in the size of the trial in order to develop all of the evidence you need to prove that something is better than standard of care. So um, typically a phase one trial will be pretty small, you know, maybe 30 patients or so, but phase two trials, maybe two or three times that size, and phase three trials, maybe 10 times that size. So when you when you get to a phase three, it's... Um, almost always a multi-center and sometimes multinational effort to, to get the number of participants in that study in order to actually um, change the standard of care. You know, how long does it you know, take from start of a clinical trial in a phase one to, you know, uh, FDA approval as change in standard of care? You know, what, what does that, that look like from a timeline standpoint? Yeah, unfortunately, it's still years, although it depends on the situation. Um, so uh, usually you can get the evidence you need from phase one trials within a year. But those confirmatory trials, those phase twos and phase threes, they can take a year or two to get started and then another couple of years to finish. Um, so I think a, a fast timeline is on the order of you know four to five years, and uh, slower timelines longer than that. Although I think things are changing, um, as we're seeing um, bigger effects, you can prove that the drug or the treatment works with smaller numbers of patients. So, at what stage in my um, treatment or diagnosis should I consider um, a, a clinical trial? Should it be you know, I've been diagnosed and I've got an early stage uh, cancer, or do I need to wait till I'm more of an advanced stage um, cancer patient? Well, I think any of those particular 
phases could be appropriate to looking for a trial. There may not be as many trials available for a patient with a highly curable early stage cancer uh, because in many respects the, the questions have been asked and answered, although there are different questions to ask in that group of patients. So, for example, we have a trial um, in breast cancer that's looking at are there patients who don't need radiation? So uh, you could participate in the study where you actually don't get a treatment. Uh, so I think at every phase you should look at it. Um, certainly with recurrence of disease, I think that's an important time to understand what all of your options are. And uh, we strive here to have appropriate cr clinical trials asking appropriate questions for every stage and condition that a, a person with cancer may come in with. Great. I really appreciate the time today. Um, if there was any kind of um, kind of last-minute thoughts or ideas for anyone that might be considering clinical trial, what they should look for, or what, what are some key things to as takeaways? I think it's really important to talk with your physician about the availability of clinical trials at the center. I firmly believe that participation of physician and physician groups in clinical trials is a is an indicator of their quality. These are people who are who are thoughtful, who are looking to to go the extra mile for their patients. Um, and it, it's something that if if your physician is is a person who suggests that you participate in a clinical trial, I would feel that that physician is really doing the best thing by you. So if if you ask your physician and maybe they don't know, are there um, places that people could could look for, you know, if they think that a, a trial that might be uh, appropriate looking for is there, and then they can take that back maybe to the physician. Are there areas where they could look for that? Yeah. So the National Cancer Institute um, requires that any um, any group that accepts federal money, which is essentially all the major mm -hmm. cancer centers in the United States, that that you um, uh, that you actually uh, publish or list your clinical trial on a site called clinicaltrials.gov. Um, and uh, it's, it's a reasonable site. It's fairly searchable. It can be pretty hard for a patient to kind of wade through the findings, but, but the information is there. Um, probably a better way to look for the trial also is to, to go to a renowned center that does clinical trials and, and just understand what the offerings are there. Um, you have to remember that you need to receive your treatment at the place that has the clinical trial. Mm -hmm. So even if they have a clinical trial halfway across the country, it just might not be practical for you to go there. So you want to take advantage of the local resources. Well, again, thank you for taking the time today, and I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for listening, and tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at umrogocancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org. Mm -hmm.